Good morning. It's really good to be back with you again. Uh, Lauren and me and the girls, we all had a a good time last week with my side of the family in Portland. Uh, It was kind of cold and rainy the whole time, and when we started on our way to church this morning, Riley and I, she said, we brought Portland here with us. Uh, And in some ways, I guess I can say we did. We we bring um, the wishes and the blessings of my, my family and my dad's church family uh, they visited with me on Sunday just talking about how much uh, they hold us in their hearts and pray for us and, uh, and believe and are convinced that God is working powerfully through this church family. And so that's always a good thing to hear when I travel, uh, but it means that we're not here and we miss being here. I heard from several of you that both Luke and Keith shared passionately and powerfully from their hearts a word from the Lord Uh, And I want to express my thanks to them uh, this morning. I also want to thank Dan for focusing our hearts this morning on what it means to be a people who don't just want and wish, but hold on to hope. And more than that, that we are people who have a hope that holds on to us. Would you pray with me? God, we come before you this morning and we thank you for this special time of year when our hearts are drawn once again to this story. The story of you breaking into our broken world through the life of your son, who we confess and who we believe alone can heal us. So God, we pray this morning, give us stronger faith, give us a deeper love, give us a better hope. We are your people. Help us answer your call. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Open your Bibles up to Isaiah chapter 2. We're starting in verse 2. In the days to come, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of the mountains. It will be lifted above the hills. Peoples will stream to it. Many nations will go and say, come, let's go up to the Lord's mountain, to the house of Jacob's God, so that he may teach us his ways, and we may walk in God's paths. Instruction will come from Zion, the Lord's word from Jerusalem. God will judge between the nations and settle disputes of mighty nations, and then, then they will beat their swords into iron plows. And their spears into pruning tools. Nation will not take up sword against nation, and they will no longer learn how to make war. Come, house of Jacob, let's walk by the Lord's light. Now, I don't know about you, but I love stories that start with the words, in the days yet to come. Because those words mean that whatever it is, that's out there on the horizon. It hasn't happened yet. And it means that I haven't missed it yet. I haven't missed the best of what's to come. And and neither have you. In the days to come, Isaiah says, there will be this special place of God's sacred presence. And in that special place of God's sacred presence, there will be something going on there, something unfolding that the world will not be able to ignore. 
that somehow this place of the Lord's presence will be the most visible place in all of, all of creation, that this place of the Lord's presence will be high and lifted up and in the spotlight, and everybody will see it, and they will love what they see, because what they will see happening there in the place of the Lord's presence is life lived the way it was always intended to be lived. From the very beginning, God wanted us to treat each other in love, in goodness, in kindness. And in the place of the Lord's presence, that's how people will be interacting with one another. That's how people will be living together with with gentleness and patience and kindness. Men, women, and children will be seeking not their own good, but the good of others. That this will be a place where everything is as it was intended to be. And so the world will watch that, and they'll see it. And they will know, maybe they won't fully understand, but they will know somewhere deep in their souls that this is what God longs for. This is what we were made for. And who doesn't want to live that way? And so the whole world will be captivated at what happens there. They'll come from all over. We will come from all over. And, and not just all different directions, the north and the south and the east and the west, but we'll, we'll come from all different walks of life. And we will find that even though there are many things that, that cause us to be different, the things that unite us are stronger still. And we will find that we are able, because of God's presence and because of God's instruction, we will find that we're able to, to focus on listening more than talking, to focus more on understanding than being understood, to focus more on connecting than controlling, to, to, to focus more on being people who, who trust instead of always see other people through suspicion. We will come from all different backgrounds. Some of us will come with full bank accounts and, and impressive portfolios of investments, and others of us will come not sure where our next meal is going to come from. Some of us will come having been able to call all the shots with power and influence, and others of us will come as people who've never really been listened to before. Some of us will come with a sense of of our own worth because of God's love for us, and some of us will come always having doubted our value and our worth because we can't quite learn how to trust that we really are worth all that God says we are. Some of us will will come trying to figure out how to reverse engineer this God-instructed way of life for our own means and ends. And some of us will come already understanding that this God-instructed way of life, it, it can't ever just be about what we want for ourselves. And when we finally all get there, when we finally reach this place of, of God's special and sacred presence, we will... We won't just see God, and we won't just see life the way it's intended to be lived, but we will see what it means. What it means to be God's children, fully and completely. And what that means is that we we won't just see, but we'll be seen. We'll be seen by God. And not just God, we'll be seen by everyone for who we truly are. And God will love us enough to tell us that truth, and not just the truth of the worst in us, but the truth of the best in us. The worst in us, God will see, and God will speak, and then God will strip it away and throw it away, and 
and it'll never be spoken of again. But the best in us, God will lift it up. God will, will choose to, to help all of us understand what it is that, that we have to offer, what we bring to the table. God will see the best in us. God will see the best in you and breathe new life into it. And when God breathes new life into the best in us, we don't just become better, we become brand new people. Brand new people living lives that are marked by selflessness. Something that you and I long to find a way to be, and yet we struggle. But on that day, we won't just be new individuals trying to live out individual lives, but Isaiah says there is a day coming when we will join together as new individuals to do the hard and difficult work of making brand new communities, brand new nations that may just go by their old names, but will never go by their old ways, their old destructive and exploitative ways of, of trying to control and trying to overcome one another. That, that won't be how nations relate anymore. And Isaiah talks about this day coming where there's this peace, global peace, and it won't be a peace that comes from the fact that, that one nation or a couple of nations band together and they have the most resources and the most power in order to, to wage war and to hold everybody else in check through their own force. But no, this global peace will be reached not through any single person's or even a nation's effort to make it happen. This peace will be given. This peace will be given like grace. And instead of us thinking that we can somehow become the architects of our own better future and our own better peace, we will find that the best we can do is receive the grace of this peace to honor it to maintain it. And the way that we will honor and maintain the peace that God gives us is by following the words that God offers us, by following the commandments of the Lord. And eventually, Isaiah even believes that there is a day coming when this peace won't just be brand new anymore, but it'll be with us long enough that we'll learn to trust that it's going to last. And on that day, when we finally realize that everybody's safe and everybody will stay safe. We will we'll look up and we'll realize that we haven't really reached for those weapons that, we, that we'd always needed before to feel secure, weapons that we felt like would, would protect us, weapons of self-defense. And we will we'll realize we really haven't used them in a long time and they're, they're laying around gathering dust. And so at some point, we will make the decision freely, we'll choose. Isaiah says, to, to creatively recycle those weapons of war in, into tools that will help us work the land so that we can feed every single person and there won't be a hungry soul left on the face of the earth. Now this hope, it's not just a wish. And this hope, is, it's not just a verb of wanting, it is a reality. It is a noun. It is something that we can hold on to, and it is a hope that holds on to us. And, and, and the fact remains that if we're not careful, we can read a passage like Isaiah chapter 2, and we find that it sounds more like a fairy tale than the future. And we can decide that we really aren't going to ever live long enough to see this day unfold. 
You may or may not know this, but several years ago now, an artist created this, this work of art that, that was in Washington, D.C., and, and this artist took different kinds of weapons and welded it onto this large plowshare as an image of this hope we have, where someday we're going to wake up and we won't need weapons to be safe. And, and the artist knew that, that this kind of artwork was going to be hard for people to connect to, but still, there was supposed to be this reminder. And this artist didn't just come up with it out of her mind. She was asked to craft it. Now, here's what I found out. It's been moved around in all kinds of different places in Washington, D.C. In fact, it's even ended up on the side of a building that was a storage facility rusting in the rain. Because while we want to believe that this future might happen, it feels so disconnected from our present, from our experiences, from our world, that it doesn't seem real. And it seems like a waste of space. And not just somewhere in our nation's capital, but it can seem like a waste of space in our own lives, in our own hearts, to hold on to this this hope that holds on to us, that a day is coming. Now here is what we have to decide. It's, It's great that we light a candle that represents this hope. But you and I have to make a decision this morning, and that is, will we choose to believe that not only is it possible for God to keep these promises, but do we believe that we're living in a story where God is already beginning to keep these promises? Do we see places where this vision isn't fully realized, but at least we have glimpses here and there of this kind of future breaking into our present? Do we have moments where we realize there's a place on the face of this earth that we can look to and see how life is always supposed to be lived? See, this promise isn't just about the future. It's, it's a promise that was given to us in the past. And in fact, it's a promise that started to be kept in the past when God makes the impossible decision to send his one and only son to this earth, into our darkness, into our brokenness, to be born as a defenseless baby boy, to model that even God, when God is living the best version of human life, decides to be dependent and vulnerable on others. That this is, is what life is supposed to look like. From beginning to end, Jesus helps us see it. And he doesn't just help us see it, he helps the whole world see it. And in the Gospel of John, over and over, Jesus says, When I'm on the cross, I will be lifted up. It sounds just like Isaiah's passage where he talks about there's a day coming when everybody will look at a certain place. Everybody will look at a certain community. Everyone will look at a a, a very specific an amazing image, and they will see what's possible. The world may try to ignore the story. The world may decide that it knows a better way of life than the Jesus way of life, but what we have found, if you look at history carefully, for the last 2,000 years, we find that even when our world wants to ignore this story or walk away from it or pretend that, that somehow we know better than Jesus does the best possible way to live life, what we find is the world can't forget. It can't walk away. It may disagree. 
but it can't deny the power of the life of Jesus, and not just the life of Jesus, but the death of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus. I mean, this, this ancient future that's been promised to us from the days of old, that there is a day yet to come, it may be a story the world tries to forget, but what we find is that it has this resurrection power. It keeps rising from the grave, and it keeps captivating people's imaginations, because once we've witnessed what's possible, that you really can live for the sake of another, that you really can tell the truth, even if it costs you your life. That you really can be patient and kind in a world that's impatient and anything but kind. In a world where it feels like, like our brokenness and, and what makes us sick in our souls and in our bodies is too much to overcome. We have this story of Jesus and it starts in a manger and it goes to a cross and it ends in resurrection. And the resurrection means that the story hasn't actually ended yet, it's still unfolding. And so we are people who make the choice this morning to hold on to this hope that has the power to hold on to us. And do we try to keep our eyes open to see the ways this promise of hope is already coming true? Look, we can't make this day happen. This day in the future that was started with Jesus' birth and continued in Jesus' death and resurrection and will be brought to fulfillment when Jesus comes again. We can't make that day happen. We can't just get together and talk about it and build plans and fix all the things that are broken, but we can choose to believe that no matter what, that day is coming. And that we want to be people who welcome that day that we want to be at home in that future. I don't know what it is about your life or about our world that makes it hard for you to hold on to this hope. But I know that every person in this room has been discouraged. I know that every person in this room has personally experienced the darkness that is always around us. I know that every person in this room has witnessed pain and has experienced pain and I know that every single one of us, at one time or another, we have, we have hoped and we have had the things that we had hoped for not happen the way we wanted. And at this morning, we make the choice again to be people whose lives are defined by hope. A hope that was born 2,000 years ago in a little country town called Bethlehem. A hope that is God's greatest gift to us. A hope that we have learned to call by the name Jesus. And here's what we can do. We can't make, we can't make all the things we want to happen, happen. But we can keep our eyes open and keep our hearts open. And we can, when we get an opportunity, we can not only witness these glimpses of God's future making its home in our present, but we can participate. We can be a part of that future coming to this earth. So we don't just pray to God, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, but we try to give our lives to that prayer. And so when people are hungry, we feed them. And when they have needs, we take care of them. And when we, as a community, say we care about the mission of God, that we want to ask for God to send harvest workers out into that harvest that we give just as we have, sacrificially, and with this confidence 
that while we can't make God's promises come true, we believe against all odds that God is making his promises come true. May God open the eyes of our hearts to help us see it and experience it and join it. We're going to sing together now, and as we do, our shepherds and their wives will be standing in various places throughout this room. They're there to receive you, to pray over you, to be community for you. And so if you came this morning, you have more questions about our church community, what it means to follow Jesus, or if you simply want to pray or talk to a Christian couple, that's what they're there for. So I'm going to ask these couples, if they would, to stand just briefly for you to see where they are throughout the room. Go to them as together we stand and sing.